I'm going to get it going, basically, but then we're going to come out uh, for questions. Uh, sitting right at the end, Adrian. Uh, Adrian Blair, you are the chief executive of Receipt Bank, uh, but what a career you've had. You are at Spotify. That's correct. Absol yeah. Absolutely. Cool as can be. You spent some time in the States? I know, sort of. Sort yeah, of but a uh, bit of time in California. I, I, I joined Google um, in uh, 2004 in, in California, yeah. And Receipt Bank sort of does what it says on the tin. It has a Ron Seal sort of flavor to it, but it's sort of no more data entry. That's what the promise is, am I right? Yeah, no more data entry. Get a better understanding of your cash flow and don't miss out on any tax deductions. Yeah, quite yeah. right. And not afraid to raise $73 million in your latest finance we round. We did that so in January. I hope yeah. you don't mind me saying that. So congratulations, yeah. Adrian. Very good. Yeah. Now, sitting next to you, Adrian, is Randy. McFarlane, now you lead on all strategic partnerships and alliances for Bottom Line, uh, one of our partners uh, for the event. But this is very, very helpful. You're a listed US company, but fundamentally taking a lot of the pain points away for businesses. Just tell us a bit how you do it. Yeah, I think um, our, if I was to distill down our value proposition, it's very simple. Uh, we help businesses uh, pay and get paid. And we work with literally thousands of UK SMEs mm -hmm. uh, in this country, um, taking them to that golden place of, uh, of recurring payments, regular payments, understanding yeah. what their cash flow is by providing direct debit capabilities, for example, yeah. when a bank won't take that chance on it. And on that, I should just quiz you both, actually, because mm -hmm. Adrian, for Receipt Bank, you're getting straight to the customer or are you working through partners? So we do both. We, we sell Receipt Bank directly to small businesses. So any, anyone listening to this can go straight to our website and, uh, and get the product for themselves. Yeah. We also work with uh, 10,000, and we have around 400,000 small businesses around the world using our product. So we're by far the, the leader at what we do. Um, we also have about 10,000 accounting firms uh, who use Receipt Bank. So some of you may already use our product having got it through yeah, your through that recommendation. Yeah. Got it. Great. Uh, let me jump next to Lucy. You're the co-founder of Stepladder and you're helping people buy their first home. Where were you when I needed you all those <laughs> years ago? But just remind us, what, what's the big idea with Stepladder? What does it boil down to? Absolutely. So we're all about collaborative finance at Stepladder and we use something that's actually hundreds of years old. It's really interesting what you were saying at the end of Phil's session because our core financial product is a Rosca. A quick show of hands. Anyone heard of a Rosca? That's quite normal unless you're sitting in some sort of <laughs> academic finance department yeah. at a university, which is where my co-founder, Matthew, studied Roskes. And they're basically collaborative lending circles. So say uh, you need a £10,000 property deposit. I know that's a bit of a leap of imagination in London. And you decided you could <laughs> save £500 a month. That would take you 20 months saving on your own. What we do at Stepladder and what Roskers have done all around the world for hundreds of years is group people together in a community. Mm -hmm. 20 people all put £500 in. Between them, they've got £10,000 in month one. And each month, somebody takes it in turns to receive that central pot of money. Oh, wow. So in that way, 19 out of 20 people get their deposit faster. But actually, more importantly, they feel like they've been part of a community and sort of supported on the journey. Brilliant. And you're Great. well on your way with, it, with this journey yourselves, aren't you? Just give us a sense of the business, where it's got to so far. Yeah, absolutely. So we got our regulatory status uh, in the middle of 2017. And for two years after that, we ran a couple of pilot circles to make sure this would work, to make sure that mortgage 
mortgage lenders would accept this money as a deposit. And of yeah. course, it's not just like piloting a pair of sunglasses. Buying a house takes a long time. So we launched properly at the start of 2019, and we've now got over 300 members and 40,000 people who are in various stages of applying to join Stepladder. So. Okay, so I, the trickier question, I suppose, is how many have hit the home run and bought their first home? Are we allowed to share that? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So we've got five people that have bought their homes, and I've got about 30 people at the moment in various stages of about to buy their homes. So. Love it. Yeah. So this is life-changing for them. This is cool. Right. So Orozca, is that an acronym? Is that an international word? Well, if you Google it, actually, you get a picture of something that looks delicious in Spain. It's a sort of bakery <laughs> product, but it, in finance terms, it's an acronym, and it stands for Rotating Savings and Credit Association. Okay, okay. Yeah. no, I see. All right, okay. Well, here's a theory. Just, I'm just going to go sort of um, quick fire. I think, basically speaking, or just in terms of banking, I reckon all business banks are basically identical, and you basically choose a logo that you warm to, because frankly, they all do the same thing. Do you agree, Adrian? So essentially, yes. I mean, what do you want your bank to do? You know, you, you, you want it to look after your money. Uh, you want it to tell you how much you've got. But I think the reality is now, there are so many different businesses out there that can tap into your bank data through open banking that, you know, just because your bank happens to be X, Y, or Z doesn't in any way constrain your prevent you using anyone else's services. So the way, and to be clear, our name is Receipt Bank. Uh, we are not a bank. Um, so we just sit on top of whatever bank you happen to be using. There's no need to, for you to switch. Um, and we, uh, we're increasingly using the bank data to, to, deliver, um, to deliver even more value to our customers. Right, so, so it's a way of saying game commodity. on, the relationship's up for grabs, and, and you can actually help Correct. that. Okay, so, so am I being, am I exaggerating, Lucy? Are they all the same? I, don't, I think, I mean, I think with banking, certainly when I set up my first business, I was, I was sort of working as a freelance consultant, I needed a business bank. Mm. I mean, for me, it wasn't, I'd worked in banking for many years and it just wasn't particularly exciting choosing a bank. It's not, dare I say it, like choosing a pair of shoes or a car or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, so my personal banking relationship is with... HSBC, I'll just get my business bank account with them. You know, it wasn't okay. particularly easy then to choose. I think there are tools now that make it a little bit easier to choose, but um, I think it's one of those things then you get stuck with your bank and then it feels like a hassle to change. Right, and when we hear then about Starling and Monzo and others, is there anything about them that says to you as an entrepreneur, they're the one for us? I think... I think there's an element of cool associated with them. So certainly the millennials in our team are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you haven't got a Monzo card. And I say, well, I'm yeah. 40, I'm too old. I'm not a millennial, <laughs> I, I can't be dealing with all of this. Yeah. Um, so I think there's an element of cool among a certain generation with it. But mm. at the end of the day, as long as people are gonna look after your money and make the payments you need when you need them paid, so, okay, so, so where, where, where are we coming to on this, Randy? We're making an important decision seem not as important as it seemed. Where, where are we on this? Well, I, I actually disagree. I think um, choosing, choosing a, a banking partner is, the key word there is partner. And there's never been so much choice uh, mm -hmm. for, for, for SMEs exactly. out there. So, so when I think of, um, so you mentioned some of the, the cool 
uh, names on the block. When I think of some of the, some of the collaboration tools that they bring to the table, um, uh, ways in which you can, you can track uh, your expense, give you that visibility, give you that control, give you that interaction, use of mobile, of course, mobile first mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. So you're literally taking that bank with you, supporting mm -hmm. you everywhere, along with all the funding options, uh, of course. So I think... So I there think is a standout benefit. Yeah, right. there, okay. yeah, and just briefly, yeah. Phil, on this, help us decide. Uh, it's really hard, right? So yeah, ultimately, all banks offer the same product. Um, for me, I think uh, certainly now it's about relationship and actually Ooh. if you've got a level of turnover that affords you a relationship manager, that bank will mean a lot more to you because you've got a personal connection. If not, then yeah, a bank is just a bank. Mm. When it comes Ooh. to banking though, personal relationships, uh, thing of the past, aren't they, Adrian? Well, I think our view of Receipt Bank is actually the, the, the personal relationship that has the potential to do the most for you is actually your relationship with, with your accountant because that's the person who you're paying fees to and who is, they don't all do this, but your accountant is in a position to offer you really valuable advice and, and really make an impact on your business in a way that no banker out there is going to do for, for a small business owner. Right. Um, and you know, what I would say is you know, demand that sort of service from your accountant and actually the, the leading trend in the accounting profession is accountants say, we don't want to just do the compliance, we want to do more. We want to get closer to the day-to-day -day operations. So they are chomping at the bit to do so that. So it sounds a bit like Phil and Adrian, you are on a similar hymn sheet on this. And here's the challenge the I've relationships got. About, yeah, but, no, yeah, relationships uh, matter. No, 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 the, the, the relationship with your accountant, yeah. right? Okay, because yeah. this is your mutual sort of channel yeah. to market. Issue I have with this, okay? Mm -hmm. I, as a business owner, want an interface like a sky scanner that I can spend any time I want mm -hmm. to the nth degree researching doing my homework. My fear with my accountant, mm -hmm. God bless you, Phil, is as soon as I pick up the phone to him or her, the clock starts running, it's costing me money. So how am I incentivized not to make well, wise, of, thoughtful decisions? A couple of things. So, so first, you... I'm sure want to spend lots and lots of time in an app um, looking at the details of all your finances. Well, I can tell you, you're not representative of the majority of small business owners. Most small business owners want to do less of this stuff, not more. They want it to be in good shape, but they don't want to spend hours and hours doing that themselves. Um, you know, my last business was Just Eat. We had 100,000 uh, kebab shop owners and pizzeria, uh, pizza shop owners and Chinese restaurant owners around the world. I got to know those people very, very well. Mm. They don't want to do that. No, they'd rather um, pay their so accountants to give them that. advice. And, and a lot of accountants um, work on a fixed fee basis. So you're not paying them for every minute of their time. Ah, that's you know, they, giving me food the, for thought. The, right, the, yes, the market yes, yes. for accountants is competitive. No, I tell, he's got me there, hasn't he, Phil? He has. Right, he's all right. right. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> all right, high five from the former CEO. <laughs> <Spend COO>. <laughs> God, it was a pincer move, I can't believe it. Let, let's put get it on the, the end as well. Let's, yeah. get, let's get the further. I want questions about your funding journey as well, Lucy. But in, a, in a minute, let's get the first questions out because I don't want to go off piste here. You know, it might not be the sort of things that you want to hear about. What, what do you think? What are you, what are, what are your, what's on your mind right now? How do I? How do we? What are the funding decisions? Anyone on a funding journey at the moment? What's, what's on your mind? Come to Christine in the second row, and then I'm looking around. Here, I'll get that to you there. Hi, what would be your advice to raise funding for a startup? We're right at seed, so SEIS. 
So this is a broad question. You're raising money right now, uh, presumably from uh, a multiple multitude of different sources. Top tips. Would anyone like to fire away on that? Lucy, you've been there recently. We have. Tell us. We have. So I think this is a really important point to the kind of the thing we were just talking about as well is, what is it you need as an entrepreneur? And I think, you know, there's a lot of transactional services out there. You can go into one of these banks that possibly or possibly not all look the same depending on their logo and we'll give you a bank loan. But what is it that you want? And so the route we took is that we um, had a really good network of kind of angel investors, but they had different expertise in different areas. And bringing Stepladder to market, we needed uh, people that could help us with the credit underwriting and advise us, advise us on that side with our relationships with mortgage brokers, with solicitors, with surveyors. So when we were thinking about our angel network, we wanted experienced people that could help yeah. us in those areas. And were they already known to you, Lucy, those angels? Um, some of them were, and yeah. some of them we found through kind of going out to events like this and networking and telling our story. So, mm -hmm. Great advice. Thank you. Other, other tips, other advice? Any? Randy? Yeah, I think um, there are a number of organisations uh, out there that can help you uh, on that journey. So actually, one of the, one of the sponsors here, mm. uh, funding options. Um, there are others, of course. Mm. Um, but that, you know, the, these are the guys uh, with, their, with their eyes on the market. They understand what's going on in terms of, in terms of the different uh, funding uh, products coming through. And they can get to know your business and then advise you and guide you through the myriad of, of, of options that you have out there. And so, uh, for example, for example, thank you, for example, Phil, for a startup thinking, I wonder if my bank will lend me some money to start my business. Possible or forget it? It, it depends on the bank, right? It depends on the funding product. It depends on what you're looking to do. And it depends on what, what the business is. But ultimately, I, I actually think if you're kind of at that seed early startup stage, it's to look in the market and see who's done something similar in a similar industry mm. and reach out to them and see how they raise their capital. Because actually, no journey is ever the same. Some businesses will start on an amount of debt, some will start on an amount of equity, right? So no business journey is ever the same. It's actually who's out there that's done something similar to what we want yeah. to do. So, so on that, Lucy, single biggest lesson you learn in this part of the journey? the very first money you took on at Seed? It's all about who you know, what, not what you know. Um, having the confidence to go out there and tell your story as well, I think. You know, having that confidence to go out and talk about what you're doing. My co-founder actually leads on a lot of the finance side because he has 20 years experience in finance. So actually getting the right partners around you. I say this on any panel I ever speak on. They say, what's your best piece of advice? Is have the right co-founder alongside you. Um, something I read recently, two or three of the big banks have just launched funds for investing in female-led businesses, which mm. I think is really exciting because I think it's only 7% of all venture funding goes to female-founded businesses. Yeah. So. As much as like, in the past you'll hear me talking about, oh, it's not about men and women, and like, it's much more mm. about personality than gender. Yeah. As I've gone further on this journey and got older, I'm actually becoming far more um, aware of this gender divide. And actually, mm. it's a bit outrageous that only 7% of venture mm. funding goes to female-founded yeah. businesses. So yeah. in a way, you need to kind of play on that. And it's even less in purely female-founded businesses, actually, much closer exactly. to 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian, just flipping it around a little bit in terms of the run, um, uh, something you wish you'd known as you went through this January raise. Uh, and that's a much later stage VC, I suppose, but a lesson to your former self. Yeah, I mean, look, we are at a much later stage as a business. As you say, the, the, the round we just raised was, was 73 million. I think having been through that whole process, um, the tip I would share for anyone going through that um, uh, for their own business is it's not about 
the number of people you talk to. It's about how well you get to know a small group who mm. who are actually very likely to do it. Because, mm. you know, uh, w what I realized was most conversations you have, most time you spend in these processes is actually time wasted. Um, mm -hmm. And there aren't that many people out there who are really seriously going to back your company. Mm. Um, so narrow it down sooner or later and then yeah. really get to know those people would be my advice. Yeah, brilliant advice. Thank you. Uh, let's take another question. Uh, an observation, something that's on your mind. What's bubbling in the room? Yes, we'll do one here, just in that nice grey and white jacket, please. Thank you. Put your hand up again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here we go. And then on the back row, I'll take the pair of questions and then we'll pick them off. Please. Hello. Um, who's the fastest lender to open up a new limited company account with? Please. Oh, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Yes, they're sort of competing over this these days. That's a good question. Does anyone have a sense of that? And then two rows back as well, just on that back row. We'll get your question, sir. Thank you very much. Hi, sorry. Um, so I'm a startup and currently using my student loan to fund at the moment. Sorry, so I missed that. You're currently using? My student loan yep. to fund my business. So I was just wondering at what stage should I be looking to get funding to take me to the next stage or to scale up? Mm, well, I think we want some more clarifying questions, so hold the mic there. But on this, Phil, have you got any sense of this sort of speed to start up? Because it could take a long time and others boast its minutes. Well, so look for the tech banks, right? Look for the digital banks. I went through that journey of opening up a personal account with Starling not that long ago. And I was amazed. I literally, within 10 minutes, I think, of, of scanning something, the account was open, I could put money into it. It's phenomenal. So actually, I would say look at um, potentially Tide or Revolut as two of those banks that are leading that digital charge. Mm. Um, and actually... And why do you think that's important? Because starting a business is a really serious thing. So what if it takes three days? Because actually, sometimes it's wasted time, right? It's yeah. three days because... Well, you're not sitting there on the phone for three days. It's Fill out the forms, three days later your account's open, what's the problem? But often, often you're waiting for stuff, you're, you're in that kind of engagement period where you actually you want to get started, right? You want to get that money yeah, I'm in. I'm about to get clotheslined again by Adrian, <laughs> I can absolutely see this one coming, I just don't get it, do I? <laughs> I'm glad we, we've turned clothesline into a verb, that's good. Uh, so, so, uh, so look, I, I, I think this point about, you know, is it three days or five minutes, um, it is actually a really serious point, right? Because you know, a dog isn't just for Christmas. You're going to be running this business for years. And frankly, it's irrelevant whether it takes five minutes or three days. Did you say it's relevant? I said it's irrelevant, irrelevant yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things because you, you, with all being well, you're going to be running this business for ages. Um, and the way I look at it is, okay, if you're a specialist and you're already all over this stuff, you don't need any help from me, so uh, good luck to you. Um, the majority of people are not. They're very good at what they do but what they do has nothing to do with money or finance, and they need help when it comes to money or yeah. finance. And I come back to the point, you know, um, either because your co-founder has that expertise, which I think is a great point, or because you've got a trusted advisor who's really hot on this stuff, you need that person who's gonna be there with you through, through this journey. Um, and and um, the reason why that hasn't been possible in the past, to cut a very long story short, is basically, your accountant has been spending so much time in compliance and doing your tax return mm -hmm. and figuring stuff out, they haven't had time to do any of that stuff. What's changed in the world 
is that doing the work of an accountant for compliance is a heck of a lot more efficient and easy than it was because they're all using people like Receipt Bank and Xero. Um, uh, you know, those tools work, work very tightly together. So doing the accounting is so much less time consuming than it was that compared to five years ago, yes. your accountant has time to actually help you. Yeah. Where, um, Randy, where time massively matters is when large companies don't pay yes. small companies on yes. time. So just yeah. give us your 2P on that in terms of what can we do to sharpen our game yeah. to really bring the odds back in our favour? Because this is on your mind a lot. It's core yep. to what you do. What, yep. what should we be thinking about yep. we might not be doing already? Well, certainly with the businesses that we work with, it's their biggest pain point. Absolutely. So I think there's two things. So, so number one, um, stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. There is actually legislation in place uh, today uh, that, that um, prevents large companies delaying payment uh, or going, going over terms. So ask for the money. But the wisest thing that you can do is, is, is put in place um, uh, uh, solutions, invest in solutions that will enable you to take those payments on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the things um, uh, that, that we do a lot is particularly at the micro end um, of, of the market, micro end of uh, SMEs, uh, to get onto the direct debit uh, scheme. Normally you have to be sponsored by your bank, mm -hmm. uh, but we sponsor them, we take the risk exposure, and then we put in uh, place that capability so they can concentrate on doing what okay. they do best. So we might talk to you about that. Um, see, and others, have you got thoughts yeah. for our um, second questioner who's on his student loan? I think I've got more questions than thoughts, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think planning ahead is essential. So you say when, you need to be looking at obviously your cash flow and what your plans are, what are your future cash needs, all of that kind of business school 101 stuff about kind of cash flow planning, which is so much easier to do in theory than in real life. So I did all of this on my MBA and it was kind of easy to pass finance exams. And then when you run a business, you think, oh, this is completely different mm -hmm. in real life. So that's my kind of first tip to you is whatever you've learned, it's kind of different in real life and much more exciting. So I think, yeah, you've got to look at like how much runway have you got left and, and start planning now. Now, depending on um, what your growth plans are and what industry you're in and how much traction you've got in your business so far will depend on what options are open yeah. to you? It's good. So have you still got the mic? Oh, I was hoping you would. Oh, can we get him a mic? I just want to... So we've got a final um, sort of five minutes or so. If you've got other questions in the room, then I can zoom out to you because I've got more up my sleeve. Here we go. Just give, give us the one-liner on what your... Are you allowed to tell us what your business is, sir? Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, it'd be, so, it'd be good for coffee, I promise. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a sports brand and... I'm focusing on the cricket market at the moment, so I'm just hoping to try and bring in some new technology in terms of manufacturing cricket bats and also the handles that are used. Oh, very good. Very so, cool. so, no, 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 good. No, time of change, yeah. a wind in the willows. I like yeah. it. No, no, no boundaries here. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> will you bowl so a maiden over in the coffee break? We just don't know. Um, so, so, so here's a question, right? So, so. Um, if somebody is lost in this fog that we're yeah. talking about, they're like, look, there are so many options. I'm busy. I'm mm. running my business, whatever it might be. And actually, I haven't got time, quite right, mm. uh, to spend hours researching. What are the hacks? What are the shortcuts? 
what is the one resource you would point us towards? Lucy, what do you wish someone had told you about a bit sooner? Well, I just learned about Capitalize about you know, <laughs> 15 minutes ago when I was sitting in there. So that <laughs> yeah. was very helpful. So okay. I think, you know, genuinely these resources that pull things together. It's like when you're booking a holiday, you go on and you have a look at Skyscanner. Those sort of resources are really helpful. So I think tools yeah. like Capitalize, they're brilliant. But All right. So, so, my, so and oh. other, forgive me, carry on. I was going to say, my top tip is always in these things. Get a mentor. Get somebody that's been there and done it, even if it's a different industry. Just get some... Get some wise buddies. My friends always used to say to you, what, to me, why, why have you got so many friends who are so much older than you? I just think because they're so wise. People have been there and done it. So when I first set up my business, I was always going out for coffee with uh, people in their kind of 50s and 60s. And my friends would say, that's a bit weird, isn't it? And I was like, no, they're so wise. And it's really helped me. So. Love it. And then you continue to surround yourself with those. Excellent. Uh, Phil, you're not allowed to plug Capitalize, but so, so another resource you just no, think, come on. But actually, if you look at kind of um, the technology side right the technology is there to make your business easier so something like the seat i've seen it in action it is a fantastic tool to use but actually then you plug that in with a piece of accounting software like zero and zero has an ecosystem that gives you access to thousands of other apps that can assist and aid your business. So even just rudimentary cash flow forecasting to know when your runway is coming, yeah. to know what you're going to be doing, all these tools are available. Now, Xero has, has a, will be having cash flow forecasting in, in the product, but there's other products that are more complex as well. And, and could I pause you there, Phil? But am I right? Am, are we on the right track there, Adrian? This, well, they can sit in harmony? I thought they were Pepsi <laughs> and Coke, you no, and Xero. No, 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 not at all. So, so, so we, uh, and, and Phil is, uh, Phil is doing my work for me, so I appreciate that. But um, uh, Receipt Bank and Zero integrate very tightly okay. together, and uh, uh, a huge number of our clients use um, use the two together. I mean, essentially, um, to really get your information into Zero as efficiently as possible and categorise it all in the right mm. way, it's like dramatically quicker to do it with Receipt Bank than, than any other way. And that's right. one of the reasons it's, it's growing so fast. Okay. And, and, on, and on that then, Randy, any, any resource, any tip that you actually say, look, go and have a look at this. This will help you navigate through this, through this maze, if you like. I think um, <clears throat> what I said before, actually, there, there are organisations out there that is their core business. Yep to research, do the hard yards for you. Mm. Yeah, so, so go and seek some expertise. Uh, there's uh, platforms like Capitalize, uh, of course. I only learned about that uh, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Great concept. Funding options, lots of people out there that can help you and take you on that journey. So, so now we're going to run out of time imminently. I've got a cheeky question for Adrian, just because, you know, um, why not? Uh, Google, Just Eat. Spotify. It was getting pretty sexy, I've got to say. <laughs> what are you about to say? Well, I mean, I mean, it, you're doing great work, but it doesn't quite have the rock and roll appeal of your previous roles. Yeah, well, thank so you. So that's deliberate, right? So I just wonder, you know, this is a lot of dynamism going on on this panel, yeah. and I just wonder what draws you to it, because you're yeah. drawn by these what, problems what, worth solving. What draws me to it? Because believe me, when I left Spotify to join Just Eat, I got precisely the same question. Mm -hmm. And what drew me to that and what draws me to this is the size of the opportunity. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at... You're kind of asking, why did I leave all these sexy consumer companies to do something that's helping millions of small businesses, um, well, the consumer stuff has kind of been done. You know, there, there is Facebook and Amazon, Google, 
pretty much everything you do in your personal life, there's a massive digital company plonked right there. Yeah. You look at the way small businesses run themselves and you know, listen to some of the questions coming up today, there is like basic stuff here that's just wrong. Um, and there's a massive opportunity using technology to put a lot of that right. So, uh, and actually, you know, in terms of the impact on the world, if you can help small businesses to stay in business, not pay too much tax, be a lot more productive, um, which is what a tool like Receipt Bank does, then you're having a much bigger impact on the world than you know, if you help them uh, order takeaway food in a slightly yeah. better way, with all, with all due respect to my last yeah. employer. Love it. <laughs> and I wish more people made these decisions, so thank you. Lucy, by the same token, you could be having a high-flying career in any industry, right? But you've chosen some very hard yards. So I hope you don't mind me asking, why have you chosen this path? Because it's not the easiest path up the mountain. So. Um this is interesting. When I started working at Stepladder three years ago with my co-founder, uh, I initially started consulting and I, I was running my own business and I loved it. And I said, nobody, all my clients kept trying to hire me. And I said, no, yeah. no, no, I'm not for hire. I love doing what I do. And then we helped the first person buy their house and you realize you are making such a huge difference to people's lives. These pe people don't think they can buy a house and it is such a life-changing moment yep. to buy your own home. That it, I, I've, I've never looked back. I say I've never looked back. There are moments when I think, why, <laughs> why am I doing this and not running Glanced my own back. business? <laughs> I glance back and then I carry on because it's just too, mu it's too much fun to scale a business like this and actually be helping people at the same time. Can I ask Lucy a question? Am please. I allowed to ask a question? Is that allowed? Please, please, please. 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 Yeah, I'm going to break the rules here. <laughs> How do you make sure the first person doesn't stop paying? Brilliant question. Um, so you can, we only release that money for a property deposit, so you have to buy a house, so we transfer it to the property solicitor. So we don't deposit it in the bank account for someone to then go and spend okay. on a holiday. Yeah. So you have to be committed to buying a house, which as oh, anyone that's bought yeah. a house knows, it's quite an expensive mm, process. Yeah. So you wouldn't just buy a house to get the money out. Lisa, I'm sure others are thinking, as Adrian's asking that mm. question as well, there are other ways that this peer support, this camaraderie could be unlocked to support Absolutely. business in other ways. I mean, yeah. you know, focus, focus, but that's quite shiny and exciting mm. and powerful. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's our kind of flagship use case, but we are talking to people who want to use our collaborative lending circles for lots of different things. So, we've had one small pilot so far with people who wanted to use it for luxury shopping. The one I'm much more excited about is a group that wants to use it for IVF treatment, because think of the support system that you need around something like that. And then we are also talking to a couple of people that have communities of entrepreneurs and they're going to set up their own circles. We've got all the infrastructure and the regulation for them. They're going to run their own circles where small business owners put the money in and take it in turns to receive the pot in the middle. So this is you know, a classic example of kind of flexible, um, alternative way of financing, which actually gives you all that support, mentorship. You know, if you're in a group with 20 other entrepreneurs and you say, hey, which, which accountant are you using? Which bank are you using? Um, and that's how Stepladder make money when people are buying houses, is we can refer you to a solicitor, surveyor, yes. mortgage broker. So you can see how we can use this for small businesses and say, actually, here's a great accountant, here's a great office cleaner, you know, anything that you need from a trusted group. Right. And, 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 um and very silly question, why just your first house? Why not your second or third house? Well, excellent question. And you absolutely could, but it's quite a nice marketing line. Yes, I know I what you mean. Buy yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your topical. second home faster too. So. <laughs> yeah. Right, good. Well, look, we are, we are out of time. Can I say two lots of thanks, actually? But firstly, uh, to Phil Hobden for getting us started on such a positive note. Thank you very much, Phil. Um,
uh, and for bringing such positive energy to that opening keynote. Thank you. And then, of course, um, to Lucy, to Randy and Adrian, of course, for, for continuing in that spirit. And thank you for your question as well. But thank you to all four of you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you.